The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 281 of the podcast. Unless you're joining live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. If you want to catch the show live, make sure you subscribe somewhere on one of those platforms. Turn on your notifications. And those platforms will do the work of letting you know when the show goes live. Like right now. No UFC, no MMA, high-level MMA whatsoever this weekend. So we're just looking forward to UFC 273, Jacksonville, Florida, on today's Saturday, April 2nd, for anybody keeping track. Before we get into any of that, something I've been looking forward to say for about six months now. And not only do we have him back, but we have him in studio, in person, in flesh, Jeff. The animal, Wilson. Jeff, you have no idea how much I've missed saying that every week. How you doing, my friend? Bill, I've missed hearing you say that. I've missed being on the show. Uh, it's been a it's been a rough couple of months, but uh, I figured I'm, I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing what I enjoy. Bill, and what I enjoy is talking about UFC and the cuisine. <laughs> With you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of the coach. Um, yeah, so you're here in Florida for a few days. You had a, a buddy getting married in Orlando, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away, as everybody knows, because they hear about my escapades in Disney World every other fucking weekend. Um, so you flew into Tampa, hung out here, drove to Orlando for the wedding, drove back here. Um, we've been hanging out. I got you in the gym three days while you were here. MJM Muay Thai. Thanks to Coach Matt for having me. Um, but yeah, dude, it's been a blast. You know, I've been pretty lazy with my training. Uh, I got no excuses. You know, I, I let life get in the way. But dude, it was nice to, to come out here, take my mind off everything. Because Bill, nothing takes your mind off of the problems of life, like avoiding getting punched in the face. That's true. You, you can't think about much else when uh, when somebody's trying to punch you in the face, which is kind of the beauty of it. I see a bunch of people joining the show because nobody's watching UFC tonight, so they might as well be hanging out with us through knuckleheads while we talk about some <laughs> UFC. We got my buddy Ryan Cook from Cook's Auto World. You guys want some good um, good tips for upkeeping your vehicle? Make sure you go follow his YouTube and Instagram channels there um, if you want to learn how to change brake pads and whatever else he's doing on there um we got mark of course all the way on the other side of the world doesn't matter what time of day <laughs> doesn't matter what time of day the show is or what day the show is mark is here he was here at like four in the morning last week tuning in for the show so all of the rest of you are lazy listeners and viewers in comparison to mark because he wakes up to those notifications and joins the show live. Um, 
Yeah, so we got some we got some good training in, man. You even got some Muay Thai sparring in today. I mean, you were mostly boxing, but you got some uh, pad work. You did some jujitsu. How you feeling, man? Because you you've been away from the gym for a little bit, dude. The first day just doing jujitsu was probably the hardest one. Um, you know, every day was was pretty hard and definitely left me out of breath. But um, dude, it it's really fun hitting pads and stuff, and you know, hearing the smack of your shin against it. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I was trying to work more on my kicks today on the bag before I even started sparring and, uh, my shins feel nice and tingly bill. Um, and I will say this, um, shout out to coach Dave. Um, he checked one of my kicks and like, and this was yesterday and all I did was like touch his shin, but, uh, I felt it, dude. I was like, I could totally see this. Somebody breaking their leg, doing this th- the wrong way or like mm-hmm. someone checking a kick the correct way. Um, not a fun place to be, man. It's so painful. I think people who don't train, like really don't understand like how much your shins need to be conditioned and how much it could fucking hurt anyway. And you've been training combat sports a long time, just not like a whole lot of striking. So you probably got like a more condensed experience with striking in the past few days than you have like with with your whole experience in in combat sports would you say yeah i mean i did a couple of um like boxing classes just but it was you know really basic stuff just jab cross hook um which is like my go-to but um yeah i felt like i was really able to get a little bit more in depth this weekend at mjm and um you know, just like improving a little bit the form of my kicks, like just those little adjustments. Uh, I feel like I've gained like months of knowledge in just a couple of days. So shout out to MJM again. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, yeah. They got some good coaches, too. I hear that clinch coach is a, is a swell fella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bill, speaking of, dude, you hit me with a nice body shot today. <laughs> dude, the weird part was, Bill, they got me slightly aroused. <laughs> the weirder part is me too <laughs> yeah i had to stick you with one good one jeff because you left me with some schmuck named art vandalay to do the podcast with and you know he's a nice guy architect i think he has a lobster roll food truck or some shit because he calls himself the main ingredient um but yeah, who the fuck is that guy no, nothing nothing compares to to the animal um <laughs> our, our our favorite troll bruce bob trotters here you guys should fight i feel like the fat boy would knock your out, ass out bill <laughs> bill you look like you have a weak chin bill he really bruce you really want to know you really want me to know that you're talking to me because you use my name twice in one <laughs> sentence which is a little weird and a little intimidating i think i'm afraid to ever meet you and um i I can't say I've ever been knocked out. I don't know how good my chin is, but I can tell you that I did get my bell rung pretty bad today in sparring. And I came home to tell the wife about it, expecting some sympathy. I'm like, oh, I got, you know, I took a good one in sparring this morning. I got rocked a little bit. And she's like, good. She's like, somebody needs to humble you. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I'm a cocky son of a bitch, Jeff. And I had it coming to me. I mean, she thinks I'm always coming home like, like telling telling war stories like I'm like I'm the baddest man on the planet. But 
you know, I think if I'm tooting my own horn within the confines of my own house to, you know, someone who I hope respects me as a person, I don't (laughs) find that as cocky. It's not like I walk around even on the show here. I'm not talking about like, you know, great rounds of sparring or like how, how amazing I am at MMA. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it's the opposite. Like I have a lot of experience, but I wouldn't, myself great but apparently the wife thinks so so um since women are always right uh we're gonna say she was right i'm a cocky son of a bitch i deserve to get my bell rung today and um you know hopefully i can get through the show uh without any cobwebs getting in the way uh but it was a good time and uh i'm I'm glad to have you here visiting glad to have you in the gym and (laughs) shout out to keyboard warriors mma yeah my brother eddie law tuning in for the show. Everybody's jumping on tonight because there's no MMA to watch. I hope everybody's having a drink out there. Let us know in the comments what everybody's sipping on. Myself, I had to break out some good stuff for the animal being here. I'm drinking some Remus Repeal Reserve uh, Series 5. So basically, this is a blend that comes out every year from the George Remus Distilling Company. Um, And every year is different. It's it's always a hundred proof, I believe, and they blend just bourbons of different ages <clears throat> and different um, different percentages of rye in the mash bill. And this one has like I've talked about it on the show before. This one has like kind of a blueberry waffle flavor to it, Jeff. I think you would you would enjoy it uh, if you were uh, partaking. Um, so there's that, and uh, let us know what you guys are drinking out there. Let's see. Any other nuts and bolts thing? We've been we've just been kind of oh, in solidarity with Chris Rock. We've been watching some old uh, Chris Rock stand-up specials uh, since he got the piss slapped out of him at the Oscars. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing about that uh, by now, but I don't know. You got a quick take on that? Um, no, I don't think it did anything for Will's public image, man. I think uh, I think Jada Pinkett Smith just uh, yeah. I don't know. I'll be honest with you, Bill. I don't care about celebrities. I mean, they breathe the same air we do. Yeah, give two shits. Um, my my thing is that yeah, Mark says that Will has anger issues. I think that's clear. I think he's got like some psychological trauma, and it's probably from Jada. I don't know anything about these people, um, but that's my assessment. My frustration with it is I don't I don't want people to think it's okay to get up and slap a comedian because it's hard enough to be a comedian these days. Uh, For those who don't know way, way back in the day, I did some stand-up comedy uh, when I was in college and I had a lot of fun with it. And it was a totally different time because you could, you could say pretty much whatever you want. Like the stuff in my act back then, luckily is not videotaped anywhere because the stuff that I said then would definitely, definitely get me canceled, canceled, whatever canceled is today. Yeah, you can um, run for public office with those comments. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can run for public office anyway if they find <laughs> this podcast. Um, but, um, you know, just the fact that maybe other people would think they can get away with that. And comedians are already so restricted with what they can and can't say and taboo subjects. And, um, you know, the great George Carlin said, like, if you if you set up something with enough innocence, you should be able to joke about anything. 
And his, his example, I don't know if you've ever heard this, Jeff, his example was, they say you can't joke about rape. And he's like, well, think about Elmer Fudd getting raped by Porky Pig. And that was his example. Hmm. It was like a little twist on it. But, um, I mean, I don't think rape is a joking matter, but I, I think, like, you know, topics should be open for a game. And, it, and, and, and that's... That's my take on it. So what do you think? Yeah, I feel like comedians have to walk such a fine line these days. Um, and, Bill, you you know, I'm maybe it's because I'm getting old, but I feel like everybody's all sensitive and gets offended by everything. Um, but I think that the main, the main lesson to be learned from this whole issue with Will Smith and Chris Rock is that marriage is truly horrifying. <laughs> that's a good point and mark makes another good point in fairness to will i'd have issues too my wife slept around yeah what was funny about it is like he's laughing at the joke and then he sees her reaction and then he gets up he's walking up to chris rock acting like he's all hard but meanwhile the only things that are hard are all the men that have been in his wife indeed <laughs> oh, so there's why don't you smack any of them yeah and and the other issue i have with it too is he slapped a guy who's 5 8 and like 150 pounds soaking wet yeah dude. when will smith is a big dude like he played muhammad ali yeah chris rock basically built like an eighth grader uh and our friend Bruce left a hilarious comment in here that I'm not going to put on the screen. Um, <laughs> but if you guys are interested in what Bruce said, <laughs> go through and read the YouTube comments. Oh, man. Bruce, and, I wish we could post this. I think that's been my favorite comment that you've posted. And he said he doubts too many dudes are fucking jaded because she's not that hot. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing about it is, like, when it's when it's like your son's friends, like you're always gonna look hotter to them. So she's probably gonna be able to bang as many of them as she wants, because that's what it was, right? She was sleeping around with uh with one of Jaden's friends, who's like a a rapper or a, or some I don't know reality TV star. I don't even know what the fuck he is, but yeah, I'll be honest with you, Bill. I can't tell you. Yeah. Well, the only thing I know about the situation is all the hilarious memes that came out of the Will Smith crying face when he went on her, like, wannabe Oprah talk show or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Um, so there's that. But the, the upside to it, Jeff, is that you and I got to go back and, and rewatch some classic Chris Rock stand-up comedy on, on HBO. Um, bigger and Blacker, Never Scared. And it's stuff that like still holds up today. Like a lot of it was topical for the time. Like he talks about, you know, the Bill Clinton scandal. And like there were a few references I don't even remember from like the late 90s. But a lot of like the messages still stand up. Like he's he's an all time great comedian. So it sucks that that this had to happen to him. But I, I promise like I wouldn't get too far into this. But then it's, it's the kind of thing like you start talking about it and it kind of snowballs. Yeah. So let's like make, let's make a conscious effort and uh and get away from the slap. Uh that and last thing I'll say about it, I I wouldn't have even known about the movie that Will Smith won the Oscar for if it wasn't for this incident. Because then come to find out he won the Oscar. Well, what did he win it for? King Richard. Well, what is that? It's about uh the Williams sisters dad. Never would have known that movie was a thing. 
Bruce, Jeez. Bruce is on fire tonight, and he's he's ripping into me. Yeah. Once, one now once I said that I used to do stand up comedy, I guess I'm fair game to to get ripped into. Uh, <laughs> I'll just tell you guys what he said. He said, "Bigger and blacker is my top request when I'm having sex." Well, I kind of wish you hadn't put that out there, Bruce. Like some things are just better left to the bedroom, but. I'm not going to say you're right, and I'm not going to say you're wrong. Let's talk about some MMA because <laughs> we're, we're just getting way off track here, and I haven't even had a lot to drink yet. Um, all right, we covered all the bases, right? Chris Rock, training at MJM. Um, you know, you, you had some good grouper while you were down here. Shout out to Carver's Fish House in Dunedin, Florida. One of the best spots for grouper tacos in the area. Yeah, the grouper tacos were awesome. Uh, the ice cream was really good, too. Um, dude, and those conch fritters. Oh, man. I'm going to dream about those. While you're unconscious? <laughs> <laughs> that one took me a sec. Oh, that one took me a sec. That body shot rattled my brain, dude. So it took me a sec to get that one. I had to give you one, Jeff. I had to get you back for for skipping out on the show for so long. I had to take out my frustration at having to talk to Art Vandalay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so UFC 273, Jacksonville, Florida, headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky and a Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung, uh, for the featherweight title. Chan Sung Jung's second shot at this title. Uh, first one, he had that unfortunate shoulder injury when he fought Jose Aldo in what was a great fight up to that point. Volkanovski defending the title coming off of his defense against Brian Ortega, where which was a great fight. Yeah. Which, you know, Ortega had his moments in, in that fight, but it was it was fairly one-sided. Like those moments, I feel like didn't win him the fight. He, he might have taken a round or two, if I remember correctly. Um <laughs> Bruce says you guys know Art Vandalay is from Seinfeld, right? What um, the hell is Seinfeld, Bill? Never heard of it. <laughs> anyway, um, this is a, this is a fun fight. It's not like I'm not crazy hyped for it, but as like a pay per view main event, like it just doesn't give me that. It doesn't give me that vibe. But I'm interested. I want to see how it plays out. Um, you, you know, the featherweight division took a big blow because of the, the controversy with the Max Holloway decisions against Volkanovsky. Um, but I, I want to get interested again. Make me interested, Jeff. What's, what's going on here? What do we got? Bill, I think I, I got to agree with you. I, I feel like this card is awesome. I just don't feel like Volkanovsky and Korean Zombie can carry the main event spot. But, um, dude... My heart says that I want Korean Zombie to win, but my head says that he might not have the skill set to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see him beating Volkanovski anywhere, man. I mean, Volkanovski's got those running back legs. His leg kicks are nasty. I feel like that's really what won him the fight against Holloway, especially the first one. Uh -huh. Although, you know, that me personally, I don't think he won the fight, but I could see the judges being swayed by that. Uh -huh. You know, we've seen that he can grapple. I mean, he was able to get out of some nasty spots with Brian Ortega. And I feel like Korean Zombie it doesn't have that level of grappling to take him into the deep water like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I just, 
you know, Volkanovski's Muay Thai is pretty good too. So I just, I don't see anywhere, any area in this fight where Korean Zombie can best Volkanovski, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on the same page. Like it, I was telling you earlier, we were watching the countdown show. Like if, uh, it, if Brian Ortega couldn't submit Volkanovski when he had submissions locked in, like he had him in that guillotine. Yeah. Like it, that was in. And he just has no quit in him. Like he was able to get out of it. I don't see <clears throat> Korean zombie getting him in anything weird, like a twister, especially because that's harder to get on guys who are shorter and stockier. I know this from experience because guys have tried to put me in twisters many times, guys who are very good at them. And it's just, it, it's kind of easy to avoid. And the other thing about it is Volkanovsky, probably his biggest strength is his game planning and his fight IQ. He's able to adjust in there and he's able to stick to his game plan. Like he knows what he has to do to beat his specific opponent. Uh, and that's probably his biggest strength on the other side of the coin. Korean zombie just wins fights that he's not supposed to win. Yeah. You know, that's kind of been his thing. Like he came in, <clears throat> he came into the WEC and nobody really knew who he was. And he had that epic fight with Leonard Garcia. Um, and, and then his career has been a story of him just like beating guys um, when, when he kind of wasn't supposed to, you know, he lost to Leonard Garcia and then he comes back and submits him when they fight in the UFC. Um, I'm kind of getting more interested now that we're talking through it. That's kind of why I like doing these, like only focusing on the breakdown shows because it gets me more excited to watch the fights. Yeah, for sure. And dude, I feel like, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head, man. Korean Zombie just beats people that nobody feels he can beat. I mean, uh, one of his last wins was against Frankie Edgar. You know, Frankie Edgar, who's really developed his striking and added to his game. And Korean Zombie put him down. I mean, um, Edgar's a tough dude. So I was really impressed with that when we were just watching UFC Countdown and – I love the countdown episodes, man. They do such a good job of going into each other's training camps. And as much as I love Korean Zombie Bill, I want him to win this fight, but I just don't see it happening, man. Um, and something that you mentioned was Volkanovski's game planning, mm -hmm. his fight IQ, which it's it's an asset. You know, it's it's part of what makes him a complete fighter, right? And I feel like not enough people give him credit for that. I mean, until you brought it up, I didn't give him credit for that. You know, it almost uh, reminds you of how GSP went about um, game planning against his opponents because that's what, that was his biggest thing. You know, he was GSP was well rounded, but he was so good at game planning and taking away the strengths and the weapons that his opponents could use to win the fight and just mm -hmm. neutralizing them. For sure. Uh, shout out to my boy Joey Fernandez. MMA fighter, one of my training partners from back in the day. If you guys need your house painted in the Tampa Bay area, hit up my boy Joey. Uh, good to see you hanging out, brother. And here's a question from Mark Fellows. My wife booked our flight during UFC 273. I'll be in the air and miss the fight. Should I divorce her? It's a tough one, Bill. <clears throat> um, I'm going to leave it to you guys in the comments. I'm going to answer with a resounding no, Mark. Um, I mean, you kind of made a decision to to let her take the reins and book the flight. 
Um, although I understand your boy Volkanovsky's fighting, and I know you stand by your countrymen, uh, you know, you're loyal as hell. Um, I'm going to say maybe not divorce, but, you know, maybe fart in her pillowcase or something. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to mark me personally. I would let this one, I'm, I'm trying to see it from, you know, the other side too, just because you're on the other side of the world, you know, there's like 12 time zones between us. So I, I, I think given the parameters, I think we could let this one slide. <clears throat> yeah. She probably did it on purpose. She's like, you're always tuning into those MMA on the rocks. Guys are waking me up at four o'clock in the morning. I have to listen to Bill Welker. While I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I got work in the morning. <laughs> so I'm gonna book. I'm gonna show you. <laughs> I'm gonna book this flight. She probably did it on purpose. Like, what's the start time? UFC 273. <laughs> you shouldn't have woken her up by listening to our show last week, Mark. As much as I appreciate it. Um. All right. So I'm not gonna ask you for a pick, Jeff. Even though you already kind of gave one by saying, you know, you don't see how Korean Zombie is gonna win. But I am gonna have sort of a prediction question for you after we go over the top three fights on the card. So let's go to the co-main event, which is a much a long-awaited rematch between Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. So Aljamain Sterling, the reigning bantamweight champion, Peter Yan, the reigning interim bantamweight champion. You guys all remember what happened. For argument's sake, if you don't, these two fought like what? 18 months ago? Yeah, something like that. It was quite a while ago. <clears throat> Aljamain Sterling was doing pretty well in the beginning of the fight. Seemed to gas out. And then he was getting pieced up. He got hit with an illegal knee. Uh, could not continue. And was ruled the winner and given the championship belt. First time it ever happened in UFC history. Since then, it's been a series of cringeworthy moments from both parties. From Aljamain, like, you know, touting the belt and you know, doing shots with the belt on and taking pictures and saying I'm the champ and kind of trying to lean into the heel role, but then pulling back because he's too nice of a guy. And it just became a cringy mess. And then whoever is running Peter Jan's Twitter account is equally as cringy, in my opinion. Like all the stuff, just the awkward trash talk, which, you know, it has his face on the Twitter account, but like he doesn't speak English. Somebody's doing it for him. I don't even know if he's aware like mm. what's being said in his name, uh, his management or whoever's doing that. Um, but, you know, the good thing is they're going to get in there and settle it. Since they met, Peter Jan had a, a great fight with Corey Sanhagen for the interim title. Uh, so now they're going to duke it out for the undisputed title. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? Well, I'm excited, man. Um, you know, we were watching the, the UFC oh. countdown before. Turns out that in this interlude, Aljo has – gotten some neck surgery because he was having some neck issues, an old injury from his uh, wrestling days in the NCAA and division three, all American. I might add. Yeah. I mean, Bill, you know, you probably know more than I do, but you know, injuries like that, that just, you know, your neck, it, it's connected to your spine and, and runs down your body and stuff like that's a huge factor, you know? And I feel like this could be a game changing uh, thing that Aljo has taken care of. Um, you know, the first fight really was not going Aljo's way. 
he we could say he was getting pieced up by Peter Jan, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, the the circumstances are a little bit different now. Um, you know, Aljo, like you said, playing into that heel role might give him some false confidence, which sometimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one, man. Like. Like every everything is against Aljo, but I feel like we could see a different Aljamain Sterling against Peter Yan, who mm-hmm. you know Peter Yan has been on such a tear in the bandweight division. It, it it's a shame that it got you know just halted with uh with that knee. But I think I think the ref made the right decision because he said to him, "Opponent is grounded," and and then the knee came out. So you know, yeah, yeah, it. It, the whole thing was just a, an unfortunate mess. Um, to go back to your point about wrestling, like, yeah, wrestling takes a toll on the body. I mean, I I never wrestled at the NCAA level. I only wrestled club in college. But I don't know if that was better or worse because we were just a bunch of guys in a padded room, like, throwing each other around with no real goals. <laughs> so there was no – there. I mean, there was a coach, but – it, we were just kind of beating the piss out of each other in there. Um, but yeah, I started wrestling when I was 11, I think. So that's like 26 years doing this. I was six feet tall when I started wrestling, Jeff, but there's so much compression on the spine. And I've become like a very sturdy five foot five and a half or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, neck issues, back issues, knee issues, hip issues. Um, they're all going to be there forever for anyone who's ever done any degree of wrestling like it's just but it's such a great sport it's so much fun like i i still enjoy just picking people up and putting them down it's a lot of fun not so gently sometimes yeah um yeah it's an interesting fight you know because you've had peter yan just getting angrier and angrier and Aljamain Sterling with a lot of negative attention. There's a lot of pressure on him because everybody is expecting Peter Yan to just blast him out of the water. And this will, if Aljamain Sterling loses, this will be the last time he sees a title shot in my opinion, because of all the drama and all everything. And they were already not a fan of giving him a title shot in the first place because he was, he, I, I don't know what happened, but he was, there was some kind of issue between him and the organization and now like dragging this whole thing out and the way it's all played out and holding up the division, et cetera, et cetera. If he were to lose, I feel like he's not going to make it back to the title shot. I feel like they're going to put the screws to him. Mm. Yeah. And that, that could be very possible, especially considering the way that even that the last fight went, um, you know, it, it was not going his way at all. Um, I mean, I think it was like the second or third round that then that the knee came in, and nothing in what we saw led us to believe that the next couple of rounds would be any different. Yeah, it wasn't looking good, but I mean, he was. Oh, some people say he won the first two. I think like he definitely won the first. The second round was when it started to go downhill for him. Um, I mean, we all know we they're going to have to get in there and settle it. And this one's going to be in front of a crowd. Whereas, you know, we saw in the countdown show, the last one, um, Aljamain thought it was awkward that it, that it wasn't, um, it was just in the apex and there was no audience. He said it felt like fighting in a back alley. Um, so, I mean, we're just going to have to see, like, I'm personally, I'll be glad if we just have a fucking, 
<laughs> conclusion yeah. to this. Like, that's all I want out of this. I just want it to be done. I want the division to move on because it's a fun division. You got Dominic Cruz still lurking her ground. Uh, TJ Dillashaw is there somewhere. Corey Sanhagen, even though coming off the loss against Peter Yana, was a great fight. Uh, so you, you still got him in there. Uh, you've got Munoz. Uh, you, you got a lot of a lot of talent in this division. You got Marab Davalishvili like lurking in the shadows, mm. and nobody wants to fucking fight that guy. Yeah. Um, so I I think it's fun. And who else do we got? We got um, Ricky Simone. Like this is a fun division that's just kind of been on halt for the past uh, year and a half or however long it's been. I don't know, 15, 18 months. Who knows? Nobody knows the answer. It's not like it's readily available on the internet or anything. We're just going to have to go on with our lives not knowing. <laughs> um, now, here's the fight you're most excited for, Jeff. Gilbert Burns and Hamza Shemaev. Uh, this is the test, man. This is We're, we're going to find out if Hamza is the real deal because we know Gilbert Burns is. You know, he, he was competitive with the champ, Kamaru Usman, until, yeah. he, until he got knocked out. You know, he was looking good in there, and he's looked good against everybody, against Wonder Boy, Tyron Woodley. Like, he he put together a streak since moving up to welterweight, and he's looked great, and he's such a game competitor. But Shemaev just has been bulldozing through people in two divisions. He's a big dude. We just saw on the countdown show him grappling with Gustafson. They looked almost the same size. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. But here's Gilbert Burns who's not afraid of anybody. You know, I'm sure he grapples like heavyweights all, all the time in the gym and probably manhandles them on the ground. But uh, give me your take. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, Jemayev coming off a, a very impressive win over Gerald Mearshart where he knocked him out with a mean right cross. But dude, Gilbert Burns has power in his hands, like you said, really good grappler, multiple-time world champion in jiu-jitsu. His wrestling is not bad either. Um, you know, we've seen him pretty ably be able to take people down. Dude, uh, this is going to be a real test for Chimaev, man. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're going to see if Chimaev is for real. Gilbert Burns is definitely going to take him into some deep water, man. And Gilbert Burns, he's game for anything, dude. He was taking, you know, grappling fights in between his MMA fights. I mean, it, it's going to take something special to beat him for sure. As I'm thinking about this, like, and as we're talking about it now, and I'm kind of envisioning how the fight goes, I think Gilbert Burns has an advantage on the ground. But I don't think it goes to the ground unless Chamayev wants it there. I mean, we saw him throw Jack Hermanson around like a rag doll in a wrestling match. Uh, granted, Jack Hermanson's not, you know, a folk style wrestler, um, but he's still a big dude. And he got he got tech fault, which for those who don't follow wrestling, basically a tech fall is when somebody scores so many points, the match is stopped because there's no chance for the other person to catch up. Mm. Um so I don't know if the fight goes to the ground unless Chamayev wants it there. And Gilbert Burns has power, but Chamayev has been hit, what, twice in all of his four UFC fights? Some ridiculous stat like that. And he's a lot longer than Gilbert Burns. He knows how to control the distance. Um, if this is going to be a tough one. Like, stylistically, it's not a good matchup for Gilbert. But Gilbert has that X factor of, like, wanting to win and being a competitor like you said he's competing 
in the UFC. He's competing in jujitsu tournaments. He's keep competing in, you know, Abu Dhabi and whatever else. Like, if there's an arm wrestling competition, I'm sure Gilbert Burns is put, signing up and putting his name. Fucking karaoke contest. Gilbert Burns is, <laughs> is putting his name on the list. He's going to sing, like, You're My Cherry Pie by Warrant or <laughs> She's My Cherry Pie. I don't know what he would pick. But my point is he would be in the competition, Jeff, and somehow, even with his Portuguese accent, would find a way to sing his way to the top of that karaoke contest. <laughs> like, the guy's just a gamer. And I, that's what I love about him. I've always been a fan of Gilbert Burns for that reason. Yeah, dude. And to add on to what you were saying, going back to his run in the welterweight division, man, he was, he took out a murderer's row of welterweights. Like you said, Wonder Boy, Tyron Woodley, um, probably a couple of other guys at the top that I can't remember off the top of my head. But, dude, on his way to Tyron Woodley, I'd say he, he almost cleaned out the division. Yeah, so – before Tyron Woodley, his way to Usman, it was Damian Maya, Gunnar Nelson, Alexei Konchenko, Mike Davis, Olivier Aubler, and Mercier. Then he did have a loss to Dan Hooker, but that was that lightweight, which I feel like uh, welterweight suits him better. Yeah, for sure. And then the TKO loss to Usman in the third round. Um, but then, you know, he bounced back from that and had the win over Wonderboy. Um, an impressive run. And an, an impressive career. And like Gilbert said in the countdown show, he was 10 and 0 at one point yeah. in the UFC and, and felt like he was unbeatable until he ran into somebody with more experience. So here's my question for you, Jeff. And it's not so much a prediction, but out of these top three fights on the card, UFC 273, Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat Shemaev, Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Korean Zombie. Three of these fighters are big underdogs. Korean Zombie, Aljamain Sterling, and Gilbert Burns are the three biggest underdogs, I believe, on the whole card. Hmm. Out of those three underdogs, who has the best chance for an upset? I'm going to have to go with Gilbert Burns on that one. I feel like, yes, he's an underdog, but at the same time, his body of work speaks for itself, man. And, you know, he's good everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, so Chemayev, I feel like he does have the advantage on the feet. And uh, to go with what you were saying before, I think if the fight goes to the ground, it's going to be at Chemayev's will. Uh-huh. Um, but once it gets there, I think uh, Burns is a different animal. And uh, Burns also has... A, you know, he has power in his hands too. So listen, he could he could land a good shot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be able to put Jamayev down. You know, that's he's definitely got a fighter's uh puncher's chance. But um, yeah, I just I don't see Aljo or Korean zombie getting the upsets, but Burns, I think, definitely could get the upset against Jamayev. And I don't know, man. I, I to say he's the to have the betting odds, have him as the underdog. I don't know, man. I mean, Chemayev, he's been impressive, but we've seen impressive fighters lose in impressive fashion before. It's interesting because I was like really struggling with this question. And I, I didn't prep you for it, but you gave an answer immediately. So like you already had in your mind that you think Burns is going to come through with the upset. For all my gambling folks out there, can anybody tell me what the odds are on a parlay betting Gilbert Burns, Aljamain Sterling, and Korean Zombie? I would imagine it'd have to be somewhere 
in the vicinity of plus 7,000. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be astronomical. Like it's gotta be huge. Like if you bet a dollar on that, you're going to walk away a rich man. Um, it, any of my gambling friends out there who are, you know, savvy with the gambling sites and the odds, if you could leave in the comments, um, what those odds would be for a parlay on those three underdogs. I would be curious to hear that and <clears throat> might even throw 10 bucks on it. I mean, yeah, I think, I think if you put five down and all three of them, won, you'd make out pretty handily. And I'm interested to hear from all of you as well. So wherever you're listening or viewing the podcast, let me know in the comments, who do you think out of those three underdogs, Korean zombie, Aljamain Sterling, Gilbert Burns has the best chance of getting the upset. We've already got one answer from coach Bill Eastlick. He says the upset is Burns. So yeah. he agrees with you. So we got two votes for Gilbert Burns uh, getting the upset out of the three biggest underdogs on the card. I want to hear from everybody listening to the show. So, you know, if you want to send me a DM, if you don't like commenting on things, but again, comments help uh, boost the show. So whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, um, and if you're on iTunes or wherever, Apple podcast, Spotify, um, tag me on social media at MMA on the rocks. And I really want to hear everybody's opinion on this. I'm genuinely curious. Um, let's get through the rest of this card here, Jeff, which I'm excited about. We got Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres. This is a fun fight. Yeah, for sure. You know, Tisha Torres, scrappy, pretty solid everywhere. Mackenzie Dern, we already know the game plan for her. Throw a couple of punches and then take her down and grapple. Mm -hmm. um, but Tisha Torres, very well-rounded, um, you know, comes from a good camp. So this is going to be – and she's just a tough chick, man. Uh, this is going to be a really good fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern, to her credit, has gotten better at making weight since becoming a mother. Which, you know, I don't know. Like, having kids, like, changes you. So it can change your mindset. It can change your level of discipline. It can change, like, a lot of things. Like, maybe since becoming a mother, she's become more of a person of habit who, like, gets into a routine and is able to stick to it. So then maybe she's able to get the weight off quicker. But, you know, she struggled with that quite a bit at first. But super legit on the ground, obviously. Her striking is is good enough to get her by, given her skill set on the ground. I mean, I think she's still the only female to finish a UFC fight with a leg lock. Mm -hmm. So she's got tools. And then – there. There are fighters who say, like, I'm just not going to go to the ground with her. And then where do they end up? On the fucking ground with her. Because um, when you're in there and, you know, you spent your whole training camp grappling, you're like, ah, I can fucking grapple until a world champion gets a hold of your limbs or your neck or anything in between those things. And then you're like, oh, this is a bad idea. So what do you think? Do you think Tisha Torres plays it smart or do you think she falls into the game plan of Mackenzie Dern? Mm, that's tough, man. Because Tisha Torres, sometimes she can kind of get wrapped up in the moment. But if she plays it smart, I think she can beat Dern in a decision. But like you said, you know, she has to follow the game plan and do whatever possible to not go to the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I got a good feeling about this one. Uh, just because Torres, she has a very good camp. Uh, and like you said, Mackenzie Dern, you know, it's different getting in there with a world champ at anything. Right. 
Um, so yeah, this is going to be a fun fight, man. It is, and it, you know, Tisha Torres is a very complete fighter. I, I would say a much more complete fighter than Mackenzie Dern, but Mackenzie Dern has that, you know, that wild card, which is her jujitsu. Um, going through the rest of the card, there is a main card slot available. I don't know who it's been filled with if yet, but um, as we go over the rest of this, I want you to think about who you would put in there because obviously Kelvin Gastelum's opponent uh, had to pull out, so he was replaced with Duplessis. Duplessis? I believe it's pronounced Duplessis. Yeah, that. Um, and then Gastelum had to pull out. So um, there is a main card spot potentially still available unless it's been filled. Um, so I have an idea who I would put into that spot, but I'm curious to hear your opinion, Jeff. Next, we got the undefeated Ian Gary against Darian Weeks. Uh, I'm not too familiar with either of these gentlemen, but if you have anything on it. All right. Uh, Jairzinho Rosenstrike and Marcin Tabura. I think this is going to be a fun fight. Oh, this is going to be fireworks, dude. Uh, both of them hit with a lot of power. And Marcin Tabura, he can just be calm under pressure, man. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, definitely going to be a fun one to fight, to watch. And, you know, anytime heavyweights fight, it's always a good time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, have we ever really seen Rosenstrike's grappling tested? I can't really recall a time. Um you know, because he fought Cyril Gan, and Gan has some grappling, but he didn't grapple in that fight. He just kind of outpointed him. Yeah. Rosenstrike has that one punch power that could end a fight at any moment, but Tabora is a hard guy to put away. I love this fight. I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Uh, then we got Aspen Ladd and Raquel Pennington. Aspen Ladd is someone who came up with so much hype, but then there was just. You know, so much disappointment. There was the one fight with like the flash knockout that ended in like 11 seconds or whatever it was. And then there was a couple of times where she almost passed out on the scale um, and she got some negative press from that. But this is someone who is extremely talented and, you know, just kind of hasn't lived up to the expectations that were set for her. And she's getting in there with Raquel Pennington, who, uh, you know, is hot and cold, for being honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but Bill Cal Pennington, uh, you know, partners with Tisha Torres there, who's also on the card, and I believe, I believe they have a baby. Um, and like you said, you know, being a parent changes you. And you know, I think Raquel Pennington's record, she's thirteen and eight. But I feel like that doesn't tell the full story, man, because Pennington, she's a tough fighter. She is, um, she's been in some wars, man. Uh, you know, the losses, uh, do you mind just pulling up her, um, not at all record really fast, but you know, she's lost to, uh, I remember she got a title shot. I believe she lost to Amanda Nunez. Uh, we should use this internet thing a little more often. Like we have so much information available at our fingertips. Yeah. I mean, look at her last couple of losses. So she's got, uh, three straight wins, which uh -huh. is awesome. She's. You know, um, been a little more hot than cold lately. But her last couple of losses were Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy, Amanda Nunez. You know, those are all champions. Yeah. Yeah. And all three of them have fought at the weight class above. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
I retract my hot and cold statement. Like she's looked good against everyone who hasn't fought at 145 as of late. Win over Misha Tate. Win over Betch Kadea. Yeah, and those, those are all really tough fighters, man. You can never <sighs> count Raquel Pennington out, man. And I don't know with Aspen Lad. I I don't know, man. I think Pennington with the fight experience and you know just the mental toughness that she has shown um, in her last couple of fights. I don't know, dude. I think uh, I think if the UFC is trying to keep Aspen Lad around and maybe build up her record a little bit, I don't think Raquel Pennington is the person you put across from her. Interesting. I just want to take a quick look at Aspen Ladd's last couple of outings. So she lost her last fight to Norma Dumont, unanimous decision. I don't even recall that fight, to be honest. Uh, then she uh, TKO'd Yana Kunitskaya, uh, and then she had that flash knockout against Jermaine Durandamy, uh, which was 16 seconds into the first round. Man. I was kind of like I was kind of heavily favoring Aspen Ladd before we kind of talked this out and looked at Raquel Pennington's record, but now, man, it's kind of a coin toss for me, and it kind of depends like how rough is the weight cut going to be for Aspen Ladd? That's kind of always a factor when she fights. You know, we've seen the gruesome scenes of her just like fainting on the scale. Uh, hopefully, we don't see anything like that. We got uh, Mickey Gall taking on Mike Malott. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Mike. It's been a while since we've seen Mickey Gall. Uh, he's got himself into some hot water because he went on some podcast talking about how he would have beaten the shit out of Bruce Lee, which is like probably definitely true, but like not really necessary to talk about somebody who's not alive and how you would have beaten him up. Like it's just yeah. not a good look. Um, let's see. So this guy, Mike Malott. Well, I don't know him a lot about him. <laughs> I only know him a little myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh seven one and one. His only loss came to Hakeem Dawadu outside of the UFC, and that was back in 2014. It seems like he's not very active. He fights like every few years. So his lo first loss is in 2014. Then he went to a draw in 2015. Then he had three wins in a row, but they came in 2017, 2020, 2021. So I don't know. I think it was it like four years of each other. But oh, most of his wins are finishes huh. and submissions. And Mickey Gall, we know. I mean, he's probably a black belt by now under Jim Miller, right? Um, isn't he under uh, Almeida? Somebody legit. He's got, yeah. good, he's got good jiu-jitsu. Oh, but yeah. I do think he has moved out of New Jersey, and he's in a different camp now. Oh, yeah, Miller Brothers MMA. Oh, I stand corrected. Um, so I believe he's a black belt now, because I remember talking about him a few years ago as a brown belt under Jim Miller, unless Jim Miller's really stingy with his black belt. All right, Jeff, my sleeper pick for this, this card. Is, this is a good one. Vince Pichel and Mark O'Madson. This fight. I might be more excited for this fight than anything on the whole card. I mean, Burns and Shemaev is up there, but this is great matchmaking. Like, Vince Pichel is just battle-tested, tough as shit. Marco Madsen, Olympic silver medalist in wrestling, undefeated, even though his last fight, I know, was a little bit 
controversial in the decision. I believe it was against uh, Clay Guida. Yeah. Debatable to say the least. Yeah. It definitely debatable, but this guy is just such a dominant wrestler. I don't love that his nickname is the Olympian. That's I thought that's cheesy. what the O, I thought that was his middle name. Isn't that what the O stands for? I have no idea. He's like, uh, it could be some kind of weird Denmarkian thing. Is it Denmarkian? What well, is it? I believe it's Danish, Bill. Like I like Denmarkian. Like, yeah, it does sound nicer. The Danish is like what you eat for breakfast. That can't be right, Jeff. I don't make the rules, Bill. I just enjoy them <laughs> along with Danishes. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of Danish? The Probably the cheese ones. Yeah? Yeah, but I got to start staying away from those. Yeah. I think I go raspberry. Raspberry Danish. I haven't had a Danish in years. I haven't had a carb in seven years, Jeff. That's how I maintain this. It's a girlish figure. <laughs> Jeff, I sweat so much sparring this morning. I almost saw abs. I was like, I got to get some beer in me. Stat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. My, uh, I, dude, I was drenched. It was awesome. Um. Okay. Uh, Coach Bill let us know that Mickey Gall is a BJJ black belt under David Adib. Um, yeah. So I know he's definitely trained with the Miller brothers and he was under them in their ranking system at some point. Um, then we got Alexi Olenek and Jared Vandera heavyweight. Um, it was initially supposed to be Olenek and who's he supposed to be in there with? Somebody else with good grappling. Mm. Oh, it was supposed to be Latifi. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lear Latifi had to pull out. Like, I think it was like they were supposed to fight last week, and then Olenek pulled out because of a positive COVID test, I want to say. And now Latifi had to pull out for something. So now it's going to be Olenek and Jared Vandera. That's still a fun fight. I'm a big fan of Alexi Olenek just because I met him in person, and he was super nice to me, and his hand is – like way big, like he could palm my head like a basketball. Mm. Like his hands are, he's not a huge guy. Like he's fought at middleweight before. Mm. Like he fought Chael Sonnen at middleweight. Oh, wow. He's not huge. He just like likes being a heavyweight. So, yeah, like weight cuts tough when you're like 65. Um, I'll breeze, breeze over the rest here Anthony Hernandez and Josh Friend. Uh, Pieta Rodriguez and Kay Hansen. Kay Hansen, seven and five, probably known more for her OnlyFans account than um, the fact that she's in the UFC. Like, because, like, if you look at her social media, that's all she talks about. And then it's like, oh, yeah, she's in the UFC. Um, Julio Arce, for some reason, uh, is the, the curtain jerker of this card against uh, Daniel Gustavo Santos. Like, what? Who did Julio Arce piss off yeah. to, to get this low on the bill? Like, what's what's been going on with him? He's coming off of – all right, he got knocked out by Song Yudong. That's a tough dude, though. Like, But he has a – he knocked out Andre Yule before that and then lost a close decision to Hakeem Dawadu, a win over Julian Arosa, and then a close decision loss to Shaman Marais. Like, why is Julio Arce the opening fight? Probably said something about somebody's sister. Probably banged Jada Pinkett Smith. And then Will Smith like pulled his Oscar winning strings and was like, bump that guy down. He banged my wife. 
That'll do it. <laughs> um, He's not going to slap him, no. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Not if he knows what's good for him. I guarantee you, if it's Julio Arce versus Will Smith, I know who I'm betting on for <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> I'm not betting on the underdog. Um, this is a great card, Jeff. I'm I'm thoroughly excited for it. And you know what? I'm gonna go against the grain here with these top three underdogs: Korean Zombie, Aljamain Sterling, and Gilbert Burns. I'm gonna go Aljamain Sterling. Probably the last one that anybody's ever gonna pick because. You know, he was losing that fight. It was not looking good. Um, but maybe he's had, you know, he's had a long time. He's recovered from that neck injury. Uh, he got the surgery that he needed. And he's in there. He's been in there with a guy. He's felt him. He's felt his power. He knows what his best weapons are. And he's willing to get back in there with him. So that says something. Like, he could have, like, taking more time off until they stripped him, mm. or like, I'm going to change weight classes now. And it has nothing to do with Jan, but that's what I'm going to do. Like there were, there are ways out and he didn't take them. He wants to get back in there. And to me, that says he believes he can win. Mm. Cause why is he going to get in there? If he knows he can get his ass kicked. I believe the crowd will make a difference. I want to say, I want to pick Gilbert Burns and like probably in my heart, picks Gilbert Burns um, and maybe my brain too, but I, I guess just to mix it up a little bit to, to give a little bit of controversy. Yeah. And that's, what's so interesting about this Aljo Peter Jan rematch. See, if it had been a quick turnaround, I feel like we're having a different conversation. If it had been, you know, a couple of months after the, not after the, the disqualification, I feel like Aljo maybe, gets mopped up like maybe it's the continuation of that first fight but it's been a like you said been probably about a year and a half Aljo's had some time to like you said recover from the surgery look at what didn't work against Peter Yan the first time um and I feel like that is more to his advantage because Peter Yan he didn't do too many things wrong mm -hmm. you know so there's nothing that he needs to go back and fix really uh, maybe he's added a few things, but Aljo has had time to come up with a new game plan with his team, which, by the way, he's got a great team with Ray Longo and, you know, uh, I'm sure Matt Sarah and Chris Weidman are in there as well. Uh, Aljo, I, I believe he is a black belt under Matt uh, Sarah. Yeah, under Matt Sarah. Um, probably trained with, uh, with um, well, he's training out in Vegas now. Okay. He moved his camp out there. Um, yeah. So would you say then, after talking yourself through this, that Korean Zombie would be your last pick out of these three underdogs? Yeah, I think so. Just because Korean Zombie is getting up there in years, and um, he's just not as active as he used to be. But, man, it's just – it's tough, man. You know, well, this, is, this is the UFC, Bill. This is why we love this, because anything could happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always think back to when TJ Dillashaw first fought. Um, who, who was it that he took the band and weight belt off? Was it Dominic Cruz? No, it wasn't Dominic Cruz. No. And uh, I'm like. I'm sorry. Um, when uh, what, uh, What's that Brazilian dude's name? Um, it's at the tip of my tongue, too. And I can't think of it. I'm kind of embarrassed. So am I, because he—he. I can see his face. Yeah, yeah. 
But you know what I mean. When when DJ first challenged for the bandweight belt, he you know, he pieced up the champ at the time. Uh, whoever that guy was. Was it uh Hanau or something? Hennenborough. Hennenborough, thank you. <laughs> thank it's kind you. of embarrassing that neither of us can come up with that. Dude, listen, he's he's one of the guys who, you know, the USADA rules did not help at all. But uh, but yeah, TJ smoked him, dude. And like mm-hmm. that's that's why I always think like anything can happen in this because dude, nobody expected it. And it wasn't like a flash knockout, it wasn't a submission. He pieced him up for five rounds and he embarrassed him. Yeah. Like and uh Joey thinks that uh, Korean Zombie and Burns could come up with the upset, but he thinks that uh, Sterling would be a huge upset. And, yeah, it would, but Aljamain Sterling comes from the camp of the biggest upset in UFC history, um, you know, Matt Serra over GSP. So he's kind of got those vibes in his corner. Um, <laughs> Mark says he's expecting Zombie to have a good performance and finish in second place, of course, Sticking with his fellow countrymen. Um, yeah, I mean, you got anything else on uh, UFC 273, Jeff? And it, before you answer that, I do want to hear from everybody else. Who out of the three underdogs are you putting your money on? Somebody puts a gun to your head and says, you have to bet your life savings on one of these three underdogs in the top three fights. Korean Zombie, Aljamain Sterling, and Gilbert Burns. Who are you betting the house on? Let me know in the comments, wherever you are watching or listening. And so uh, any kind of culminating thoughts on this card, Jeff? Well, I'm more excited now that we talked about this, man. This card is going to be awesome. Top to bottom, we got some really exciting fights lined up. Yeah, it's going to be great. And you and I can talk about it some more over you know, a little cigar action outside. It's nice and cool since it just rained all day today. Uh, you know, Light up some nice quality stogies that came in the mail on Friday. Um, If you guys stuck it out for the entire episode, I appreciate you more than anybody who cut out halfway through. Uh, And if you do love the show, you can grab some merchandise through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMAROCKS10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. Save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether it's our merchandise or not. We do have... T-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops available. I myself still don't have one of those sweatshirts. Oh, what did I say? T-shirts, hoodies. Yeah, hoodies. I don't have one of the hoodies myself um, because I live in Florida, and I wear hoodies like three days out of the year. Um, But I probably should have one of those for when I travel to colder states like New York, New Jersey, where you're from, Jeff. Jeff, it's been great having you back on the show. I feel like... And I, feel, I think everybody listening feels the same way, that there's been a piece of the soul of the show that's just been missing without your presence. I mean, Art was okay. He had some decent takes for an architect, but... Yeah, but um, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the listeners and all the viewers are happy to have you back. Nobody's more happy to have you back than I am, though. Uh, do you have any uh, closing statements for everybody out there? Yeah, dude, it's nice to be back on the show. We're going to try and make this a, a consistent thing, even if it is through video call. Um, but, dude, yeah, like the show just helps keep me grounded, man. Helps me forget about all the nonsense going on, you know, with everyday life. Um, and hopefully we can do that for you guys, too, for the hour a week that you listen to us and our spiel. 
Mark wants to know if we can make Panama hats, which reminds me in that countdown video, we saw Kamzat Shemaev wearing that fishing hat while he's just jogging laps in the gym. And it, it made me think like Burns doesn't have a chance. Yeah. Like if this guy's in a gym wearing a fishing hat, like I just feel like that says something about him that he just doesn't give a fuck about anything. And he's just like, I, well, I put fishing hat on brother. I smash, I smash everyone. In my fishing hat. I smash fish. I smash humans. Dude, I feel like if he were to like grapple, he would the hat would never leave his head. Yeah. Like, he could barambolo somebody and then hat stain like facing the same way and everything. Yep. Just clung to his skull. Alright, maybe we should make hats. I don't know. I'm Let's, all for Panama hats. Why not? Ryan, if you're listening, we need hats. Make us some hats. Uh, I'll message him tomorrow if I remember. That's all we got. We got some cigars to smoke, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for even roasting me. Those of you like Bruce, I don't care. I find it funny. I got a thick skin. Maybe I cry about it in the shower, but probably not. I enjoy it. So bring it on. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>